Ladies and gentlemen, the Hold Up Podcast. Hold up. Wow. Oh, yeah. That was good. That you was feel solid. good about it? Yeah. I do. You immediately, how quickly do you judge your normal every day to day actions? As much as you judge your yelling of the hold up at the beginning of each episode? Uh, yeah, definitely. I judge everything that I do all the time. And you're, ju- are you judging other people too or just yourself? Rarely. I mean, sometimes someone pisses me off or like does oh. something that I feel like is like, what the fuck? Um, yeah. I'll start judging them. But generally, yeah. no, I don't. That's, that's what everyone tells you, right? Like, you don't actually, no one pays attention to you as much as you pay attention to you. Right. That's like what people said. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how much longer I could let you just go and ramble on about that. And then you would really be inside your own head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you know, usually I, I leave these podcasts and I wonder, um, how did that go with John today? How was I, how, how did, you know, what did, what did I think, think a lot of people leave their interactions with me thinking the same thing. So don't think that you are uh, <laughs> sort of out of the loop there. I am John Stenning. Justin Adam K. We're here with John Scapini. Hi, John. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. How are you guys? Good. Thank you very much. Um, We're here to break down some things that you chose to revisit from your childhood. Does that sound like a good assessment of of what you planned on doing here today? (laughs) It's all accurate so far. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, But like more generally, we like to get a picture of sort of the media that you consumed, uh, you know, as a youth. Was it a lot of video games, movies, TV? Did you spend a lot of time outside? How did... How did you spend your free time when you were a kid? Oh, man, I was definitely an indoor child that was forced outside by my parents. Uh, We had, well, it was kind of their fault that I was an indoor kid to begin with. I feel like that's a first. My dad was a teacher and brought, what? Just like blaming your parents for being an indoor kid. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I don't feel like anyone has ever said that before, but I, I like that. Yeah, so... My dad brought home a Macintosh computer very early on, and I played, you know, whatever games came with that. Like yeah. uh, Missile Command was one that I remember. Oregon Trail, probably. Hell yeah. Yeah. And then this was before I uh, had the comedic awareness to start naming my characters penis. So <laughs> that, that came much step. later. As a kid, yeah. that's a big step. Yeah. Pure yeah, lies penis. Um, <laughs> and then that sort of moved into like the guy. Uh, some machine that ran MS-DOS, and I yeah. got this game called Commander Keen uh, Goodbye Galaxy, which is sick. Still holds up. It's a side-scrolling game. Um, the titular character, Commander Keen, is actually an Easter egg in the game Doom, if you guys are big oh, Doom heads. He's cool. like the animated character that kind of will randomly appear in a level. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yep. So up. he had his own game? Yeah, he had his own game. It was quite oh. fun. Um and like that just like sunk the hooks into me and I was a computer gamer ever since. Still to this day? <laughs> Still to this day, yeah. I'm yeah. Uh, engrossed in Crusader Kings 3, which just came out the other day. Are That's, you guys familiar with that? I am not, no. 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 But it's interesting to hear you talk about like you were at like, to me, the verge of like early gaming. And yeah. like I only know you as like an athlete first. <laughs> Justin paints Justin has these pictures of us from like when he met us when we were like 15 or, or whatever I love that I love that so much. Uh, I'm gonna need to get you to repeat that to some of my friends later but thank you <laughs> yeah I mean um, you're I like, can just I'll I'll uh, export just that clip for you and you can like save you. it on your Thanks. phone yeah <laughs> that'll be my ringtone <laughs> when, when did that happen that you like I mean I remember you being like very 
uh, really good soccer player and a really good football player. So like, when did that ever, when did sport, <laughs> John's shaking his head, sir, everyone that can't see, uh, can't believe I'm bringing these up, I guess, but. I'm laughing. Um, God, I don't know. I, I got into soccer because of my mom. My mom played soccer throughout my childhood and into her adulthood. Um, and that was like a big influence on me. So I was always kicking the ball around. Um, and then I sort of joined the football team on a whim. That was a dumb decision in retrospect, given my concussion history now. Um, and I, I, I genuinely wish that I had just kept with soccer and played soccer in high school. But, you know, had some fun on the football team. We, uh, there's always that one fight that we had on Thanksgiving that will live long in the memory. Um, but really, I, I saw myself as like a, just an indoor kid, you know posting on live journal, like the shittiest stuff about how I, my mom wouldn't let me go to the ska concert in Connecticut or whatever. And then I'd go play roller coaster tycoon or whatever, uh, sitting, sitting in my room late at night. So that was kind of my own perception of myself. Wow. Did you play sports from a young age or was it something that you picked up a little bit, uh, later in life? Uh, so I did the, the usual trifecta baseball, basketball, yeah. And I guess soccer maybe not is is more usual now, but not so much then. Sure. Um, and I, I don't think I was I was tall for my age, so like that was a big source of like <laughs> parents thinking I was good at sports, just yeah, being right. taller than everyone else. My mom right. sent me a picture kind of recently of me playing with apparently my peers, and I'm like head and shoulders above all of them. It's like okay, <laughs> maybe maybe this was the source of some of this. Um, like uh, people would. So I, I got onto some teams that were relatively competitive and, you know, would play other towns or whatever. And I'm told this secondhand, like I didn't hear it in real time, but my parents would claim that people were like asking to see my birth certificate to like, you Oh, know. because you were like larger than the other. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you're the Fulton Reed of, of your yeah. soccer team. Like that was, that was the problem was that I was just some, <laughs> someone lying on my, Right. Uh, registration forms to beat up on 10 year olds, which is yeah, something I would later do. But, you know, at the time I wasn't doing that. Yeah, of course. Right. You didn't know any better at the time. Once you learned and you realized. Yeah, that was I was like, oh, it became so much more fun after that. Yeah, I can yeah. game the system. This is great. Yeah. yeah. But you always felt more at you like inside. You felt more like an indoor kid. Yeah. Yeah. I was not good at baseball at all. Yeah. I was not good at basketball despite being tall for my age group. Um, I like could not dribble to save my life. Still can't. Um, I, I played in that. Justin, did you play in the summer league at uh, Payne Field at basketball summer league? No. Um, I played Coventry Basketball Association for two years or maybe four years and scored four points. Okay. Um, and then I would go to the, the high school did a uh, every summer they did a week long basketball camp. Um, which when we got to high and you school, were the administrator. Yeah. Yeah. I should have been. <laughs> I, I, the I, I was so, so freaking bad at basketball. Like I was just so, and like everyone knew the games already. Everyone knew how to play horse and around the world. I didn't know how to play any of that shit at the time. And people are just playing it. No one's explaining the rules. Yeah. It was hard. Absolutely a nightmare. Um, and so, yeah, basketball, as much as I really, really liked it. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. Uh, really no sport was for me till I discovered, martial arts in seventh grade got it uh well anyways i i played up at 
the summer leagues and was still very bad then, but a very kind referee one time after calling me for a travel because I was still not good. was like, you just have to do this one thing. Like just put the ball down here. And you know, it didn't like ignite my career or anything, but I could at least like hack it, you know? Yeah. Dude. Uh, water. Sometimes that's what it takes. Like, um, just side note, I, I'll never forget, um, snowboarding. I was learning to snowboard. I, I, I like sort of got it. Like he was kind of like weird. He, I remember like I took a lesson cause it was like free for whatever reason. So I took one and the instructor was very intrigued by like how I could like, I could kind of do it, but like, it was like so bizarre how I was doing it. And he was like very sort of dumbfounded by it. Cause like, and I basically it was because I had like snow skated for two years which is like this other stupid thing that I broke my ankle doing, but whatever. So anyway, you're not there. I, no, 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 like <laughs> not at all. So, um, so I would, I was kind of doing that on the board, but like then having a hard time, like turning whatever. And all he, he's just like, he, you know, get on the Patreon people. If you want to see what I'm doing with my hands, he's just like, you just got to do this. You just got to do that. And that's, that's it. Just move your toes like this. And you just kind of moved them up and down like a wave. And it, literally I was like, I'm fucking unstoppable. Like I'm doing double black diamonds, like yeah, by the end of the season. Been snowboarding to this day. Yeah, pretty sure your feet are in binding clips right now, right? Right now. Yeah, always. Wow. I'm ready to go to the mountain at any time. <laughs> Seems inconvenient for a lot of other things in your life. But Doesn't anyway. matter. I'm ready to go to the mountain. Yeah, scratches up the tile like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John, you mentioned so you, you're you're super into computer gaming. Um, were you? Like, did, did anything else, like, strike your fancy? Like, did you watch a lot of TV? Did you watch a lot of movies, movies you weren't supposed to watch? Like, I don't know, anything like, <laughs> you know, some kids are, you know, or that's what they got to do or whatever. I don't know. Uh, I was very game-focused. We didn't have cable until I was a freshman in high school, so I didn't watch a ton of TV. Um, watched X-Men on Saturdays. Like, that's another thing, like, you know, I'm a big soccer fan now, but like I had no exposure whatsoever to soccer, like outside of the games I was playing with my age groups until high school. Like I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me that there was this like much larger soccer world out there. I was very much <laughs> isolated in that way. Um, not a lot of TV, watching movies. I would watch, you know, stuff that my dad was watching. Um, he really likes, you know, Older movies, war movies, um, like Great Escape, this movie from the 60s. Yeah. Like, that was a very early watch for me. Loved Steve McQueen's character in that. Um, another, another Bob Scapini special. So one time, uh, my mom actually, so tying back to the uh, soccer thing, she went to play in Germany for, like, this, like, very low stakes, like, basically just, like, a trip to Germany and also play soccer, I think. I'm getting dope. that right. It's super cool. Yeah, like really cool for yeah. uh, what it was. Uh, so it was just the boys at the house. And my dad picks me up from a friend's house. I was sleeping over. And he's like, yeah, I swung by Blockbuster. Shout out Blockbuster. Um, yeah. I picked up a couple movies. Uh, have you already seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? And like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, 12, 13 maybe. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I already saw it. But, you know, I, I'll watch it again. It's cool. It's cool. He's like, oh, okay. Well, I'll just check the bag. And uh, he was lying. It was Black Hawk Down. And yeah, the boys oh, watched Black Hawk awesome. Down that weekend. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So that's that the kind of shenanigans me and uh, me and my dad were getting into movie-wise. That's like one sort of 
unsuspecting and uh, you know rather infantile flying vehicle to a a <laughs> war killing machine flying vehicle. The yeah. the parallels are striking. I, yeah, I can't it's a really it's great. I absolutely that. love that your dad did that. That is so <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Shitty, shitty bag bag. You know? Oh, I'm sorry. I get the wrong vehicle. Ah, they must be similar. They both yeah. fly. <laughs> yeah, they fly. It's good. Yeah. It's cool. They both have life lessons for different reasons. Yeah. So, I mean, that's sort of a, a good transition to the militaristic movie that we're going to talk about today. Yes. Uh, what uh, could you tell the audience what you picked for the show this week, John? Uh, I picked the. 99, 98, 98, uh, yep. 98 classic film, Small Soldiers, starring Gregory Smith, uh, Kirsten Dunst, Jay Moore, David Cross, and a bunch of really <laughs> dope voice actors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just talked about Small Soldiers on this show. Yeah, the last, like last week. Or, yeah. Oh, no yeah. kidding. It, like, yeah. it happened to come up during conversation. We were talking about Burger King. And their, yeah. their tie-ins. There was yeah. a lot of small soldiers, Burger King ads, and like toys with the big kids meal. And um, uh, you know, what a movie! Like you said, nineteen ninety-eight science fiction film directed by Joe Dante, and yeah, stars all those great people. And then there's the voices of uh, of the action figures, which is like star-studded cast: Frank Langella, Tommy Lee Jones, and so many more. But um, it's and I read the trivia that the the cast for the military side the elite commandos they were um all, other than tommy lee jones they were almost all like representative of, like some other uh dirty dozen warriors, the dirty dozen who were like yeah. another they bob scapini film yeah and then the uh gorgons were all the people from um uh, spinal tap spinal tap Yes, the Spinal Tap folks. Uh, Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, and the ever-problematic Harry Shearer. Uh, Why is he problematic? I'm not familiar. He is upset. So uh, in The Simpsons, they decided to like change the voice cast of certain characters, like white people that were voicing non-white mm. actors. Uh, for, uh, specifically, Hank Azaria said that he didn't want to do... Um, I can't think Apu. of uh, Apu anymore. Harry Shearer's like... We're actors. We should be able to do whatever we want. Mm. It's like that's not really the point there, bud. We're talking Oops. about getting representation there, Harry. But he he might have backpedaled a little bit, but just you know, a little problematic. Yeah. Um, some people uh, don't know what uh, what this movie's about, John. So a little thing that we like to do on the show. It's called the elevator pitch. You know, imagine you are in an elevator with two producers. You're lucky enough to sneak on. Justin and I, the the people that you want to pitch this movie to, could you give us a, a brief synopsis of uh you know of Small Soldiers and how it goes down? Uh, how tall are the producers? Uh, they're about f- I'm like five ten. Justin, uh, I always said I was five ten until my girlfriend told me I was five seven. <laughs> Did she measure you in your sleep? Well, no, because she knows she's five seven and we're the same height. I love that. Okay, so and then, your, and, then I out, and then I found out. Uh, we were I, last weekend actually. We were talking about dating sites, and um, guys like we were talking to our upstairs neighbor, and she's like, um, she's on a couple of the sites, I guess. And she was saying how guys, if they say they're six feet, they're really five ten. But if they like write that they're five ten, then you know they're shorter than that because if they were actually five ten, they would have just said they were six feet. And that, like, <laughs> oh my that god, blew yep. my fucking mind. Wow. And, I'm six uh, three on uh, the apps, and I'm actually six one. So there you go. That's accurate. There you go. Yeah. 
Uh, so anyway, yeah, sorry, John, to interrupt. Uh, no, 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 not at all. That was enlightening. Uh, so Small Soldiers is about a multinational corporation that takes over a small or smaller uh, toy manufacturer, and they use the multinational corporation's defense technology to put high-tech microprocessors into toys so that the toys are basically borderline sentient, come to life. They're programmed. The, the commando elite, the soldiers, are our troops, if you will, um, are programmed to kill the Gorgon, and the Gorgons are uh, trained to hide, I guess, or programmed to hide. Right. Programmed to lose, right? Yeah, programmed to lose, exactly. And a small child, Alan, actually, he's not that small. He's like middle school, high school. Yeah, middle school. 15. Um, He gets his his hands on an advanced shipment of these toys and lets them loose kind of, you know, accidentally, unknowingly. Unknowingly saving the world, really, when you think about it. (laughs) Yeah, saving the world, but also wreaking havoc on this small town uh, in suburban America. Yeah, it is uh, quite an undertaking because we didn't mention, but it is live action. Yes. And there is this like CG, little bit of puppetry. Apparently, they were supposed to use a lot more puppets in the beginning. Um, The puppets look great. I thought the puppets looked great. I was blown away. Here we are. 20 some odd years later i was like these puppets look awesome the cgi not so much but the puppets looked awesome like some yeah. of the cgi looked kind of like the jurassic we recently i recently watched i think a few of us did watch the lost world and yeah. like i don't know if they revamped the cgi for like the blu-ray release or like whatever but like the cgi looks like even worse like it looks like it's too good for like it just doesn't look like it's on the screen with the other stuff oh yeah yeah sure. it, it looked yeah. very it didn't like that. If you took it by itself, I didn't think it looked bad. But you put it like next to a real life, like you know, lamp, and it looks just so out of place. Yeah. Did you just look at a lamp in the corner of your room? Were you searching for something? Yeah. I, uh, he's, that's not the first time he's done that. Honestly, <laughs> I really don't think anything. Yes. Lamp. A uh, bottle of water. A pen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, I just. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, go ahead. No, Justin. go ahead, Justin. No, no, no oh, go ahead. Justin, please, Justin. I was just going to talk about. If I may, um, oh, sorry. Oh, no, John, please go ahead. When when they were ordering the chips, the microprocessors. Yes, the X one thousand. The X one thousand. I was like, why is he calling the chip the quantity that he's ordering? <laughs> like, because it's so. Yeah. It like it very much looks like on the screen that it's just like you're ordering a thousand of these chips, whatever they were. Thousand X's. He's actually ordering drugs in that scene. I don't know if you look closely. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He's trying to party. I kind of laughed at that because, man, what a weird, like, why would Dennis Leary's company buy Heartland Toys to begin with? Like, there are some plot holes. There are some plot holes. You know, what is not a plot hole is I will say that a lot of the assholes in this movie are played by assholes in real life. And that is yep. something that I can truly appreciate. Dennis That's method Larry, acting. Jay Moore, Tommy Lee Jones, line up three curmudgeons, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dennis Leary, like. My God. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he put a lot of time into memorizing those lines. No, uh, me either. <laughs> but that's sort of the thing. Like, no one needed to do any. Like, no one needed to learn their lines. Tommy Lee Jones probably the closest one that really had to like 
He's in a sound booth reading lines. Uh, yeah, so then he didn't. Very so much, like, very much yeah. so. Kirsten Dunst, Kirsten Dunst and, and Alan Gregor Abernathy, yeah. they had to learn their lines. Everyone else had like n- like nothing to – they were so underutilized. Everyone was underutilized. I, I don't know. Like I feel like – Underutilized? Yeah. I, I, I mean it is, a, it is a movie about toys, so let's give yeah. the toys a little credit. Um, yeah, the – the Allen kid, they didn't do enough to make him likable for me. Like the first thing that you see with him, it's a very strange scene, I might add, where he's like bartering with the neighborhood friendly toy delivery man. Right, uh, that common common trope in every town, the man that delivers yeah, toys. And like... Love that actor though. He was great. He was great. But it's like, first of all, the kid says, what, you're telling me... Uh, in your career, nothing's ever fallen off the back of a truck. Yeah. And like, first of all, that's like, I felt like they were implying that that character was Italian and that he was kind of like into some crime shenanigans. Like later in the film, he talks about Joe's going to have my legs broken. It's like, okay, what's going on here? Let's just call this what it is. Um, And then the the guy replies, I don't like your tone. It's too loud. (laughs) Yes. Great bit. Oh man. So like they didn't, they didn't do enough to make Alan likable. I don't think. Um, and that, that just kind of spiraled throughout the rest of the movie. It's like, Ooh, he's got this mysterious backstory. He may have set his old school on fire and that just like came to nothing. You know, he's not really that good of a kid to be honest. Well, he's not, he's not. I think he was trying to do good and his parents seemed to suck really bad. His His parents, his parents were not great. Like, Yo, your son is like lighting shit on fire at school. Um, I think something might be going on with him, and yet you're like yelling at him all the fucking time, constantly. That just didn't seem like that would gel. Yeah, that dad. Uh, he's also the dad in Transformers. I don't know if That's you right. guys picked up on that, and he's like a great movie dad. He's such like, a good he nails. That's he, like his he, wheelhouse. You don't yeah. even need to call him in for an audition. You're just like, well, we need a dad. <laughs> okay, perfect. Guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another another couple details that I liked about Alan, and there weren't many. Um, he's got the middle part, so you know that he's a '90s kid. Uh, that was like course. the first the first yeah. box to check. And then this is just a fun little trivia fact for folks listening. Uh, Alan appears to have a subscription to Reptiles magazine. That's uh, that's just looming in the background in one of the shots um, during the scene where, like a normal kid, he's just sleeping with all the lights on in his room. In his clothes right. on. Yeah. His, yeah. You, you see a shot of Reptiles magazine. I got a big kick out of that. He is, uh, yeah, he's not a normal kid by any means. And like, yeah, so he's been kicked out of, he's kicked out of two schools. Two right? schools. He confirms two schools. And, it, and it sounds like, sorry, John, can I cut you off? No, sorry. yeah, yeah, please. So, so I, this didn't make any sense to me. They, they moved to that town. They moved into that house because he got kicked out of that. He got kicked out of his schools, right? Or did I miss that? I think That's, you're right. That is correct. That's correct. Yet, how does his dad already have an established small business in the town square? <laughs> That's that he not only just like apparently then bought when they moved, but is doing so poorly at he has to go to a week weekend seminar about how to run a small business it's the 90s man that was the economy back then yeah that in like the fact that he had such a relationship with the neighbor already about phil hartman like always like causing you know chaos with all his equipment like they just moved there they're not supposed to have, like, not, they shouldn't know each other at that level like it didn't none of that made any sense 
Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I, but I do think you're getting away from the core plot of the movie, which are toys fighting. Right. Uh, see, but that's that's the other thing is like if that's the core of the movie, they like. I don't know. The the Gorgons had to <coughs> more. They like they should have like had to fight. Like they should have like been forced into combat with the soldiers. Not like they, they didn't did. do anything. No, they fought. They, I don't want to give any spoil. We'll get to Act Three later, but I mean, they did eventually pick up the sword. Okay. Yeah. Begrudgingly. Yeah. They I, uh, so yeah, they like these toy. The, he he gets the toys right. Mm-hmm. He like makes a deal with um, you know Joe, the, Joe right? He's in all of Joe Dante movies. Actually, he was in Gremlins. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Dante also was responsible for Erie Indiana, which we talked about on the show before. Is this the main character for Erie Indiana? No, Joe Dante is the director. The, no, no, no. But uh, Alan is he the kid from? No, from, it is not. It's the kid oh. from Harriet the Spy and um, something else. Oh, Xenon. He's in Xenon. Yeah, and Xenon. That's the one. Yep. Oh. Um, so yeah, they like he did, gets these toys, but they have these chips in them, right? Because Jay Moore is uh, needs the best chips. And he sort of circumvents David Cross's uh, designs. <laughs> goes behind his back. Goes behind his back. Gizmo. Orders these military chips, right? Gizmo. There, there's your Gremlins reference, Joe Dante. Um, and yeah, they they break out of their boxes in the toy store and they wreak havoc. And um, it the panic ensues, right? Because they they go missing. Basically, the command. What is it? The commandos. The commando elite. Commando elite, of course. And then um, the Gorgons also go missing, and we it takes a little while for us to find the Gorgons because they are programmed to lose and hide, and they end up in the trash. Yes. Metaphor. Yeah. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Because no they, kid would want to play with them. Right. Uh, it looks like they would wreck shit. They're like, they're, they are have like crazy faces and like big monstery, like whatever. Like yeah. they look like they should. That's, that's where this movie failed. That's why it got poor reception. People wanted to see... <laughs> Fucking Gorgons going at these commando elites, and we didn't get it. We got this movie's budget was forty million dollars. They made eighty-seven point five in the box office. This movie did not fail. That's uh, a hit. Critically, it was panned. Well, listen, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> critic right now, and I'm I, I you know I might not say the same thing. So. I think I actually read in Roger Ebert's review he was pissed that the Gorgons were such pussies. He wrote that. That seems like something he would say. It's I mean, just, I don't I don't agree with it. I'm just quoting him. It is so frustrating. Like, like I don't understand. Like, I, I don't know. So frustrating. It's I like just an wanted, hour and forty minutes of your time. Yeah, and like, get over it. No, I will not. Aragorn or whatever his name is, he needed to. That's Lord of the Rings. What's yeah. what's the guy's name? Archer. Archer. Oh, Archer. Just a normal name. <laughs> Very simple. I'm combining Archer with Gorgon. Aragorn. Uh, Archer. <laughs> Mashup. I remember in my head that he. He did stuff like I remember thinking like, oh, he's kind of cool. He's got that sweet crossbow and like, I don't know. He's like going to fight. I remember him fighting cool. um, the main Tommy Lee Jones major chip, chip hazard. Major, chip hazard. Um, and they kind of do at the top of the, the, the pole. But like they really don't interact. The two of them barely interact before that. They do. They do have a bit right in the beginning. And then it's like nothing. Like I, I remember Archer being at least cool. But like not super not everyone's like so lame they're all so lame. Uh yeah I mean I I mean I, I don't I don't know that they needed to fight that much more I I enjoyed the humans having to fight these like militarized toys I thought there were 
the the like weird chase scene with Kirsten Dunst on a scooter did not age very well. It probably wasn't good in real time either, but <laughs> that part stuck. But like the actual siege of the house by yeah. the toys, I thought was awesome. I was I like, thought it was awesome too. This is why <laughs> you watch the movie Small Soldiers: humans fighting these tiny toys with uh, military weapons. They were basically they're... tiny Terminators. Yeah, they're so intense. They they don't stop this, at any. This is another unnecessary thing that I got a kick out of. The toys themselves were like they were like terminators in that they had like an exoskeleton or endoskeleton, and then they like put plastic on over it and yes. then put the chip in. That's like totally not necessary to make a toy. No, well, they're eighty dollar like, action figures, you know. Yeah, it's like it was like a mix between Terminator and Westworld to make them. Actually, yeah. yeah, like when they were showing the chip hazard getting put together, it really did look like a prelude to Westworld. Maybe that's where they got it from. Yeah, they definitely had like a like a Terminator-esque vibe. Like you take the mask off and they just keep going. Like they like you, you put them through the, the drill or the garbage disposal, he still gets yeah. out. Um, yeah, yeah, it was... Speaking of like... Um foreshadowing with u.s forces torturing uh enemy combatants you know yeah <laughs> with no regard for the geneva convention no i was regard, like damn no that questions. was this yeah. movie was three years before 9-11 and it really uh told us a lot about the future it is like a lot uh i think the commentary on this movie is so like it's like anti like these big corporations right it's like yeah. anti-military it's like pro-family um like pro like understanding your kids and listening to your kids and like even though it might not be the best kid character to sort of see eye to eye with but i like i love a lot of things about this movie uh like the cast i think is so good the cast like as much as i don't care for dennis leary or jay moore like i like seeing people that i don't like in roles that are supposed to be people that i don't like it makes a lot of sense like that's a smart casting choice i think and uh you know, we sort of mentioned Phil Hartman. I mean, wh- like one of the it's best, perfect. one of yeah. the funniest people of all time. Yeah, but he wasn't very funny in this. Neither was David Cross. They didn't like, give him. David it, Cross had some moments, but Phil Hartman yeah. didn't have a lot to do. Phil Hartman didn't have a lot to do. I did think that he really shined in a scene. It was a little bit towards the end. He's sitting and he's he's watching TV with his wife. Yeah. And he, they must have just like let him sit there and come up with all these lines. One of the things that he says is, is you know, I think World War II was my favorite war. Like he says it to his <laughs> wife, just like very oh, easily. So good. And you can tell that she just like doesn't give a fuck. Like, yeah, yeah okay, you've told me a million times. And then one, and he's setting up the TV and he's like, no, it's the chroma, skin tones, way off, way <laughs> yeah. off. You know, it's, it's like the like, perfect dad thing to perfect. comment on. He's yep. so like he was so good at that. Like he does that so well in Jingle All the Way, where he's like the fucking asshole next door neighbor. You know, like man, Phil Hartman, what a legend. R.I.P. Yep. Truly, isn't this wasn't this like one of his this last was, movies? Yeah, I believe it came out posthumously. I'm never wow. confident when I say that word, but I think that yeah, I think that uh, they he he passed before they released it. So it's crazy. Are there any are there any parts in this movie that like really stand out to you, John? That like really made you want to come back and revisit it? Like you know why why did you pick this? Um, I picked this because so when I was a kid, this would have been like 
the coolest shit in the world to happen to me. Like I wanted something like this to happen. Maybe not like destroying my parents' home, but uh, as a youngster, I had a very active imagination and I had <clears throat> my toys of choice were Playmobiles. Um, I wasn't a nerd and played with Legos. Uh, Playmobiles are the thinking man's toy. <laughs> um, so for those unfamiliar, Playmobiles are like, I think they're Danish or maybe German. Um, they're like bigger Lego knockoffs. Wow. That's kind of a bold statement. Uh, so much so that John froze over it. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, can you guys hear me? Yes, yeah. we can. So, did you hear my terrible, like, my insult almost? I did, and I chose to ignore it. Oh, okay. Um, Playmobiles, you can, they're like all kinds of different sets and themes. So my, my bag was the Wild West and the Civil War, uh, and also dabbled in some pirates as well. Um, but I, I would like set, take like hours setting up these intricate like diorama, you know, like over here's the gold mine, over here's the town square. I'd like combine like my Lincoln logs and like all these other elements. Like I had a bunch of flags when I was a kid. So I'd get like the flags involved too. So multimedia project really. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, is any of you, like, were you a flag expert? Do you think? <laughs> uh, no, I was not a flag. Oh, I, I was not a vexicologist. Vexicologist. Wow. We'll I mean, fact check that later. The um, fact that you know that word means that you're a step above, I think both Justin and I. Yeah. I watched a very boring Ted talk about flags one time. I thought I was more making a joke to John. You're a flag expert. Oh, pirate expert shit what the fuck my bad was that a reference is that I, was trying to make a, I weren't you both in the pirate documentary uh, uh john, john was like a little bit involved because he lived you know in in close proximity to former guest of the podcast mark barone and uh i think we might have even used some, like john's backyard or something but john was not in the same history group that oh. you were alluding to <laughs> that no one really knows what the fuck you're talking about uh, well yeah it's obviously the reference i don't even remember coming gone at this yeah, point. Right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and you said I was a flag expert. So yeah, really over two. Yeah, yeah. It was really bad. <laughs> I was like, is this a is this a hold up sort of uh no, standing bit? Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was bad. Uh so anyway, yeah. I so I would set up all these I would set up all these uh playmobiles, get them into these different situations, and then just live out like, you know, little little storylines for them. I still think about a a thing that my dad did he would play with me uh with the playmobiles and one time so all these soldiers had been out and uh they've been out fighting or whatever they're eating the same crap day after day and one of the soldiers says if i hear i'm gonna shoot the next person that says bacon and beans to me and then a parrot from the pirate uh set goes right bacon and beans and then the guy shoots him that was my dad pulling the strings on all of that. I still think about that <laughs> 24 years later, and it's wow. still like, damn, that was a good dad. That is good. Your dad is like quickly becoming a, a legend on this podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. I also love the fact that you would keep the toys out for multiple days, and you were also like thinking about the fact that they were out there for multiple days so that they had been struggling, you know, day in day out like oh they lead rich lives I love <laughs> when, that. I, when i'm not that watching is, that is an active imagination that is fucking awesome i think yeah and so small soldiers yeah tapped into a lot of those different things right. yeah i was always under the impression toy so uh small soldiers were supposed to be um some kind i said this on the podcast before 
but I, I thought it was supposed to be some kind of franchise franchising of the Toy Story movie in that these mil- these army soldiers were supposed to be like somehow the same soldiers from the bucket of soldiers from Toy Story or something or yeah. some crazy thing that I had that. somehow that's what I was told about this movie growing up obviously that's not true there's crossover potential and they just chose to not pursue it yeah you know, I did write down here that I feel like if this movie came out in, in like 2015 or so, that there would have been like a BuzzFeed article that was like, this is Toy Story on crack, you know? Because yes. like everything is like on crack, especially ri- written by people who've probably never seen crack in their lives, you know? But like, it's that, it's on crack, so. What does the it, mom say? She, she says that to the- to Are the, you on crank? Crank. Uh, she says yeah, crank. Right. Yeah. What a 90s Just thing. like any normal high school student. Just like in the deepest fucking drugs of his life in suburban America. Like, I don't know. Crazy. Um, Crazy. So, I don't know. Are there any other uh, notes that you have, John, that you want to Are you looking for something? Oh, I thought you were, like, looking for your own notes or something. No, I saw a head in my window. I was like, what the fuck is that? Are you okay? Yeah, everything's good. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, Kirsten Dunst, she loves X-Files and Led Zeppelin, which I think is, is like, Dude, she's like, I'm not a normal girl. That was one of the weirdest parts of this movie, that Led Zeppelin signed off on one of their songs being used. Yeah. And like multiple posters in her room, more yeah. than one Zeppelin poster. She loves she, it. She she's led with that. She, she like, yo, how weird is she flirting with the Allen kid? Why that is that would, weird? Well, just they're, like. They're peers. Yeah. Well, she just kind of like comes into his store and she like, at first it's like, it's fine. Right. She's kind of like baiting him into thinking like, I'm not your normal girl. Right. Like I, I like what you like. What, she's you know, not we're like not baiting. all that different. It's not like a cat. It's not like a catfish well, situation. Well, she's flirting with him <laughs> when she very much has a boyfriend. And then she very much tells him like when he asks to hang out with her, Oh, I would never date someone uh, my age. I only date Oh, I date older men. That was very bizarre. And like, first of all, these people are 15 and 16. They all have fucking motorcycles and mopeds. Uh, No one. It's a cool town. I guess so. It's a very cool town. I've never known anyone under the age of the motorcycle gang. High school students. Yeah. Yeah. And that kid, what a bitch, right? He fucking. uh, Oh, whoa, Justin. What? I don't know. You're saying bitch? You're saying bitch now? I don't know. Is that my bad? No, I mean, you know, do you, dude? Go ahead. I'm not bleeping it out. I'm just saying he sucks. He's a bitch. Because, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. He, he, like, is trying to figure out how to stay over Kirsten Dunst's house because her parents are asleep. He's, like, outside pacing about how to figure out. He finally goes in, and then, like, he gets, like, kind of beat up by some Barbie dolls and, like, runs away. Bullshit. Yeah, the Gwendies. Gwen, yeah. If Which you I got love. A, if you got attacked by dolls, you might run away as well. I mean, I don't, I think, I don't think I would leave my girlfriend stranded, though. Well... And be like, let's go. We got to get out of here. Teach well, their I, own. You know, I do work for a toy company sometimes, so maybe we can make this <laughs> Send some toys after you. Uh, hold up on location. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, so, yeah, like after, you know, the the Commando Elite, they sort of, they start to wreak havoc. They find the Gorgons. They end up like, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs with um, Alan and his his parents trying to convince them that he's, you know, that he's not lying. He's telling them about all of this. Just your typical sort of ups and downs of a of a kid's movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Joe Joe Dante does it pretty well, uh, you know, in terms of like the sort of ebb and flow of the movie. But 
really the best part, you know, John, you talked about it before, is is sort of the the siege of the house. And there's this big, big battle at the end, and like the you know everyone sort of gets their comeuppance, and there's a pretty good like bow tied at the end of the the end of the movie. I feel like how do you how do you feel about that, John? Yeah, I as I talked about, I think the the siege in general is just awesome. The yeah. soldiers start scrounging around for like household materials and construct like war machines out of you know pens and pencils and like tiny little blades and stuff. Uh, again, that was like tapping into my MacGyvering to make like cooler Playmobil sets. So that was, that was like a big, big, uh, plus for me watching. Um, and then like the humans, the human, the two families get together and sort of yeah. have to pool their collective resources, to fend off toy soldiers. Um, like the mom that was accusing people of crank is inexplicably like decent at tennis and starts Right. volleying back these lit tennis balls that the soldiers have lit on fire and are volleying through the window. Um, and there's like no a callback. No neighbor What's came that? back to help. No neighbor came out of their house to <laughs> no. see any of this happening. No that, other neighbor. Right? That's another like telling thing about America that nobody was like, oh, wow, there's all this explosions and gunfire outside. I'm going to close the windows and shut the blinds. Goddamn simples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the pimples are at it again. At it again. They got the Abernathy's wrapped up in their bullshit, you know? Yeah. Uh, petty politics. Um, yeah, and then there's like a callback. The The Phil Hartman character has bought this obnoxiously large satellite TV and starts yeah. cutting down Alan's dad's tree to like make it work. And they call that back by, uh, can I start to give some spoilers away? Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Uh, like the, one week on spoilers in my book. Not 22 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the Gorgons. So they have to gener- uh, generate an electromagnetic pulse to kill the toys. That's right. the only way that these toys are stoppable, you know, besides smashing them, crushing them. Being right, because their batteries don't run out either. Some For yes. some crazy reason. More military technology. They go on right. forever. And so oh, the oh, only oh, way, oh. Sorry, go on. besides yeah, conventional weapons, is an EMP needs to be right. detonated. And this part I thought did kind of suck, like as the culmination of all these like fun escapades was that their plan is for a child to climb a power pole with a wrench and short or blow the generators, detonating an EMP and wiping out the soldiers. And he so the kid- gloves on. Yeah, well, uh, not, not much of a safety hazard at all, but the kid climbs up, and then gets into like a one-on-one fight with Tommy Lee Jones's soldier, uh, Major Chip Hazard, that also ties in Archer. He finally, the, the Gorgons finally got off the mat and start fighting to uh, please Justin, um, and for other reasons, but mainly to uh, mainly for Justin. Yeah, well, they didn't Justin. do it. They didn't do it soon enough, so they still didn't please me. They did not do it soon enough. They could have been called on earlier, strategically, um, and you know Archer does his small part to fight Chip Hazard and the kid uh, ends with the dumbest line, possibly in the whole movie. I wrote it down. That's how much I disliked it. Um, Chip Hazard thinks he's won. He's ready to push or pull, stab this kid's fingers so he falls. And he goes, I've got a shock for you, you stupid toy, <laughs> before sticking him into the generator and blowing yeah. the whole thing up. I've got a shock for you. Yeah. That's like James Bond wouldn't even stoop that low. Yeah, it's really, it's really not good. No. Yeah, 
it was a bit of a sour note to end on, but but anyways, the Gorgons all hid under the giant satellite thing, saving their lives. So they were fine. Yeah. Yep. And then um, you know, everyone's favorite hero, Dennis Leary, comes back. And um Cuts and checks, what baby. might be the best bit of the whole movie, I think, is like he's just cutting checks for people to pay them off so that they're quiet. And like each person is like I don't know if it's going to be enough money, you know, and it's only, it's immediately enough. Three, three checks in a row, you know. See, uh, yeah, if it was made now, they wouldn't even do that. Amazon would just be like, lawyer up. Right, <laughs> that would exactly. be the end of it. Yeah. It was a different time. It truly was. Or Dennis, and then like the, they want to, uh, you know, sort of setting up a sequel that I wish could have happened. But Oh, man. Continue to use into. the technology for actual military. How defense. much were we going to sell these things for? Seventy nine ninety nine. Add yeah. a couple zeros to that. Get in touch with the Pentagon. Get in touch with the Pentagon. Rebels yeah. in South America that are going to find these toys very entertaining. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Again, alluding to the U.S.'s presence in uh, Central and South America, <clears throat> and, and supplying them with weapons, and just sort of like letting them fight it out, and like you know, it's really. Really strong, strong stance here. Like, yeah, Iran Contra too. Small exactly. soldiers, exactly. Um, so, you know, what did you think, John? When was the last time you saw this? Poof, I don't know. Ten years, maybe more. Yeah. So compared to watching it, like you know, ten years ago, or even twenty-two years ago, when it when it first came out, or whenever you saw it for the first time, how do you think it holds up? I was surprised at how well it held up for me. Like, I, I was expecting the CGI to be terrible. It was, I would say, adequate. Like, again, the puppetry was better, but I liked, uh, or I didn't, you know, it was fine. It was fine. It wasn't distracting too much. Um, the plot, you know, it was pretty standard, like, screwball, screwball yeah. comedy is not the right word, but standard comedy fare. Like, it it did enough to advance all the, the different beats, and there was enough, like, set pieces and fun stuff tied in for me to be like, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. It's like right up my alley. It's toys. It's Joe Dante. You know, it's fun. I do toys think like war. Alan Alan could have been stronger. Maybe you know, maybe it was the the actor. Um but other than yeah. that like and you know, we sort of mentioned that the CG does look dated, but that's such a hard thing to to get around 22 years later, especially like at the you know, at the beginning of that and where we are now with like computer generated stuff. So uh yeah, I uh, I absolutely, I loved it. I loved every second of this movie. Justin? I'm going to have to disagree with you guys. It wow. does not hold up for me. I think wow. um, it has the makings that it could be awesome, and yet it just never quite gets there, I think. Like, the 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 soldiers, like, you, you get a lot of Chip Hazard and, and Archer. You don't get a lot of the, the, the other guys who, like, are great cast. So like you wanted to see more of the rank and file. You want to see yeah. more of the rank and file. That could have been a thing. You could have seen more of the interaction of toy versus toy. Did that you know could have been something? Jim Brown have... was one of the soldiers. Yeah, he's meat. He's meat hook. It's awesome. <laughs> that is yeah. Christian name. Yeah. So, you know, God given name. There could have been more with David Cross and, um, you know, just David Cross and Phil Hartman and and Dennis Leary, all Jay Moore. Like those are four. You may not like them, but they're. At the time, there were four funny comedians. They, 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 there could have been more from any of them. Like, I just felt like I just didn't quite 
it, they were there just to set. They were there just to set it up, though. You know. I guess I. I just feel like that's for me. That's why the movie doesn't hold up. It's just like it just nothing quite got pushed far enough. I don't there's know. there's definitely uh, areas it could have improved. Like again, making making Alan more likable would have been priority number one for me. But there's also just like. Yeah, you're right. The, the scientific element that the toy manufacturers like that wasn't really uh, fully fleshed out. Maybe they could have spent a little bit more time there. And then like the the love C or D plot was just like a total zero. They could have done more with that, too. Yeah, I just I just think like maybe you make the movie an extra half hour and you could have done more. Um, and like, Disagree with you there. I don't think we need 30 more minutes of toys fighting. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe not. But like. Yeah, it just could have been. I don't know. I just think there could have been something else. But that being the case, it was fun. It was fun to watch. We had a good. It was a romp. Yeah. Yep. Sure it was. Um, uh, taking a break. Let's take a break. We'll be back with a sweet liquid. <laughs> Hi, this is uh, Justin and John from the Hold Up Podcast. We're here to tell you about confidence and how a little bit goes a long way. You can be just like Justin. And um, weasel your way up the corporate. I'm sorry, weasel. No, weasel my way up the corporate ladder. And let me tell you, <laughs> you know why I have so much confidence, John? It's because I eat grass-fed, grass-finished beef from ButcherBox.com. Yeah, and I think if you go to ButcherBox.com, you can use the code Hold Up H O L D U P. And uh, what does that get you, Justin? Gets you, uh, I think, uh, about twenty percent off, plus some goodies, some free, some freebies in your first box. Yeah. So uh, make sure you can take advantage of that. And sometimes they're doing four life offers. So that's always exciting. Ooh, for life. Right now I'm getting bacon for life. Gotta love bacon for life. Yeah, bacon for life sounds good. Do they ever offer, like, maybe confidence for life? That'd be nice. Listen, you eat their meat, you're confident for as long as you're eating the meat. That sounds, do I don't know, kind of odd. Hey, you said it. I did. But, hey, you know, do what you gotta do. And print. What's print? Like that's the end. Like print the ad. Oh, got it. Yeah, print it. Yeah. And we're back. Wow. Thank you. A dinosaur story. Oh, no. Oh, good one. That's a great movie. I would love to see if that holds up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you ask someone to review it or something? I have no issue influencing the guests as they come on, as we know with John. I I know you have no issue with it. You know how I feel about it, motherfucker. <laughs> You're like, pick um, one of these two things. I'm like, I've never eaten those before. <laughs> well, listen, I was not telling you to pick those things. I was you. Were throwing, you were suggesting. You were suggesting. You were throwing out a, a yogurt item, and I said, well, we right. had done that yogurt item, but if you like kids' yogurt, we haven't done these other two. <laughs> Stop beating like, around the bush. Just say it, what I picked. I don't care. Yeah, so originally we were talking about Gogurt, uh, which we've reviewed before on the show. And, uh, you know, so we try not to repeat our picks. So instead we asked you for, now how much did you struggle thinking about this? Well, how much, how quickly did the first pick come to you, Gogurt? Oh, this took hours and hours. I was pulling like everyone that I knew. I was like, what are some things that we ate as children? Because I don't remember any of them. Yeah. I was thinking so, uh, warheads. Have you done warheads? Oh, we, we did. I, and they're we did do warheads. Yeah. yeah, awful. What a bad day that See? was. <laughs> you guys have done a lot of the things that I've eaten in my youth. Yeah, that's uh, you know, we're, there are so many food slash media options, but being like having a lot of the same guests. Oh, I'm sorry, a lot of guests from like the sort of same generation. Mm. Uh, you sort of run into a lot of the same 
things that people want to revisit. Uh, Toaster Sturdles was another one. Which we have done, We've done, done right? twice. Yep. Oh, yeah, because I guess if you were to pick a different varietal, then we're, we would welcome We're open to that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I wasn't going to stoop that low. Yeah. But what do you have what, here with us today, John? Pick? Okay, so I have picked very specifically a giant brand that's Stop and Shop in New England, right. uh, Cream Soda. That's right. Uh, now, why why giant brand? Like, why the Stop and Shop or the giant brand? Yeah, that's what you had as a kid. Why the store brand? Canonically, it will be referred to as Stop and Shop brand, Cream Soda, from here on out. Um, Copy. So, I have no freaking idea why. Uh, my mom is health aware, I would say is the right word. Like, she she would, like, put the kibosh on us eating too many sweets or, you know, doing this and that. But for whatever reason, I got a can of, first it was Hawaiian Punch, then it later became cream soda, or um, they also did a dark cherry, I believe, the, the Stop and Shop brand dark cherry. And for years, I just got these in my lunch. Um, wow, that's dope. What a great lunch. God, I mean, it was probably cool in real, no, it was definitely cool in real time. But now I'm like, God, this is disgusting. I don't yeah. want to have this regularly. I mean, having soda as often as I used to have it is like truly disgusting to look back on. Okay. Yeah, same. My teeth are probably ruined. Yeah. I just, feel, oh, go ahead, John, go ahead. Just cracking the bottle, I could smell the sugar, you know? Like. Well, so the, the funny the funny thing here, um, so uh, again, they, they didn't have the can, so I had to go with the bottle. I assume you. that the recipe is probably largely the same, but at the, at the top here, at the neck, they have the audacity to write down brewed in small batches. Wow. Like what, what are you trying to tap into with this? Like, who are you advertising for with that? The craft soda market's huge right now, bro. Dad, are you serious? Yeah. I get uh, the Virgil's. Have you ever heard of Virgil's uh, craft soda? The ancient poet? No, it's like, uh, you can get, you can get root beer in a keg. That's repulsive. I would have thought so, but, um, then I had some and I didn't mind it. No, just like Wait. I'm sure the flavor is fine, but like the concept of having that much soda in one oh, place. Oh, it's not meant to be like a one sitting thing. Oh, Where I hope you, not. <laughs> did you go to a party and they had a keg of root beer? Yeah. Hey man, uh, I'll, I'll be actually, a kegger. Yeah, a friend brought it over to a party at at the Karen's household. Wow. I don't remember. I actually think it was Jay Broder. To be that honest. kind of party, huh? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I think he brought it over and. um it was, I mean, it was super, like, because then he left it. And so then my mom was like, you know, I bet we could make some great ice cream sodas with this. And that's what we Root did. Root beer float. Root beer floats, whatever. Ice cream, ice cream soda, soda is like That sounds weird, like the Soviet yeah. knockoff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Come try this ice cream soda. Yeah, Come that's right. when you put vanilla ice cream in Coke. Well, well huh. I, I get the concept. Yeah. Just sounded funny. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was sort of a one-to-one root beer float. You already said root beer, but whatever, you know, do, you know, I right. support you, Justin. Um, so yeah, Justin and I could not find the Stop and Shop brand. You know, you, J- John, you live outside of the world of Stop and Shop. Uh, yes. Where it's giant. So we actually, Justin, Justin, did you go to a Stop and Shop proper? I did. Yep. Yeah, same. I went to three different ones. I could not find it. I had to, we ended up going with IBC cream soda. That's crazy. I wonder Which, what it is about. The DMV that <laughs> lends yeah. itself to having cream soda. Um, it's funny. Like, I don't remember. I'd like to think I 
drink a lot of soda. I, I liked cream soda growing up. Like I really liked cream soda. It was like my go-to for a long time. Um, I never remember seeing stop and shop branded cream soda. I don't feel like we ever, we always had either IBC or A and W. Um, so for, it was actually kind of interesting, um, that that was what you were actually had as the child and not the I, cause I was Stewart's was another one. Stewart's I always thought there too. Yeah. I always thought yep. those were like, there was something special about buying the glass bottle. Like my dad kind of liked them too. So that's like why we would always get to get them at the grocery store whenever he came. Um, so yeah, I, I never even heard of the store brand, but I didn't see any when we were there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like it just can't, I think it's, well, I'm, I'm speaking like I have any degree of confidence in this. Um, it just like appeared on shelves one day in my recollection. Like I'm sure there was much more of a buildup, but it was like my mom got a coupon for it and the rest is history. So you had it recently before today? No, this is my first time having cream soda and I soda. couldn't even tell you. Yeah. I'm going to have a sip now. All right. Go for it. Um, yeah, I don't remember glass bottles. The last time I've had soda, oh, definitely cream soda. Like, like I don't know what. What do you call John's this? John's reaction. John's reaction. Was, yeah, yikes. He is. He is it um, smells honestly. It smells like a candle. It's way too strong. Like yeah. it smells like it's so concentrated that like, like it's like when you walk into Yankee Candle and there's like a million different scents at once, and you're like, this is overwhelming. I'm feeling overwhelmed just by the smell alone. I um, I really love it. The smell and the taste. Okay. So far. Yeah. For, for listeners at home, you'll have to remember that we're drinking two different brands here. So my criticisms will be different. Um, yeah. Uh, this well, tastes terrible. This is awful. Does it taste like you remember though? No, no, no. no. There's a weird aftertaste in mine. That's like yes. bitter. Mine, like a bitter aftertaste. Mine tastes like soapy almost on the back of my tongue. Yeah. It's weird. It's, the initial sip is like, okay. And it reminds me, you get, of, you get the sugar rush. Yeah. You get the sugar rush. You sort of taste what you're smelling, that very sugar forward. But then they're like, yeah, once the sip is, th- is done, it's, it goes straight to, it goes straight to trash. Yeah. I feel like I got to try like a better brand to wash the, the so, memory out of my mind. One of the things that I was like, Oh, I'm kind of glad. I mean, I was bummed. We didn't find the exact same thing to drink the same thing, yeah. but one of the things you shared in your picture when you sent it to us, John, was that like you, there was advertising on your thing. It was like made with real cane sugar. Yes. But I was kind of looking for, to get a replacement. I was like, Oh, I should make sure that mine is the same way at least. And, and like, I, at first I was like, Oh, I don't see that either. So I'm getting the IBC. And, uh, and then I realized like it actually is made with cane sugar. So what, what do you have going on in your bottle? Ours is, uh, one serving says one bottle, 180 calories for one bottle. Right, it's twelve ounces. Is that what you got going on, John? Twelve yep. ounces. Similar, similar proportions. I'm only down to 160 calories, so it's the uh, dieter's choice. Oh, I would right. say. nice. That's oh, good. nice. Does it Healthy. say if yours was made by mine's made by Dr Pepper slash Seven Up? Do you have like does uh, is that on there? No, it's just straight uh, Stop and Shop mm-hmm. or Giant uh, brand. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, so I imagine it's very similar. I, w- I have to the believe. big question. Actually, I want to come back to the ingredients. The big question is how many grams of sugar are you guys working with? Forty-four. Forty-four. And forty-four carbs. That's where 40. the extra uh, uh, calories come in. I'm only at forty-two. Forty-two <laughs> <Wow>. and forty-two <laughs> gives you twenty calories. 
That um, I cannot honestly. I cannot. I, I cannot drink the. Re- I'm like it's affecting my teeth. I do oh, feel I, that not, already. I feel dirty. Yeah. Yeah. I but I feel that way with all soda at this point. The second soda touches my teeth, I'm like, oh, I feel it crystallizing and ruining them. Um, which is such a weird feeling because as a kid, you do not give a fuck about that. No, it's like good. You like love it. Yeah. Yep. I'm so glad that like beer doesn't do that to your teeth. That would be yeah, I, John. Do you drink soda ever? Um, if I'm like slumming it and having whiskey and coke, yes. Yeah, but that's about the extent of it. Uh, I drink gin and tonics. That's kind of close, but sure, yeah. that's really like as close as I get these days. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, did you guys? What would you call like this kind of? To me, this is like a certain kind of soda where it's like it's up there with root beer, sarsaparilla. Ginger beer. It's like old timey. Old timey, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's like antique soda. Yeah. yeah that's a good yeah. Moxie, you know? Actually, the aftertaste reminded me of Moxie. Like that, like awful. I mean, many people have not tried Moxie, which is good because it's bad and uh it's weird. It's like it almost tastes like batteries at some point. Like I really I think I do need to have one more sip just for science sake, but it's uh I'll do one more with you. It's really odd, the uh, yeah, how this goes down. I, you know, I really didn't mind it, um, but I don't want to finish my bottle. I feel like I, I've had half my bottle, and I'm very good with this. It I, also, yeah, the um, this amount of sweet should not be in a beverage. It tastes like it's like as sweet as like a like a like a Ben and Jerry's ice cream, but it's liquid. So you just like this is this is not good for people. People should not be drinking this. Yeah. So they're moving towards, didn't they just pass, like, you have to put the percentage of daily recommended sugar on your labeling now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because there are, some of the commentary was like, yeah, it's going to be really eye-opening just how much sugar is in these cans of Coke or whatever. Yeah, I believe, like, daily recommended is around 60 grams or so, uh, which is a lot of sugar, you know, in a day. That's... This on this bottle it says forty four grams, eighty seven percent of your daily value. Oh, you've so, got the percentage. This or one did does you just have do the that percentage. No, uh, I wish. Uh, no, it's actually right in the the bottom of the nutrition facts. I don't know if that's a. I I did read that recently because forever like whatever big sugar or however you want to classify that. Big cane. Yeah, big cane. Thank you, Big Daddy Cane himself <laughs> was, um, like they sort of petitioned to not have the percentage on there, right? Because you get percentage for your protein, you get percentage yeah. for carbs, but n- not necessarily for, for sugar or and for fat is the other one. But, uh, yeah, no no longer. And I think that is a good thing. Like, you know, not necessarily a bad thing to have every once in a while if you enjoy the taste. You know, Justin, you like <laughs> it. You probably bought a four-pack. Just don't drink them all four in one night. That would be my suggestion. Right, right. Um, yeah. I, I'm probably going to bring them somewhere. I don't, I don't want it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna. They're gonna say bring them back. (laughs) I'd like to return these, please. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm good. Thank you. What is your policy on returning things to the grocery store, John? Have you ever returned something to the grocery store? Uh, No, but I did uh, complain via Twitter one time to Harris Teeter. Oh, really? Yeah, a grocery store uh, chain. I don't know if you guys have them up there. We do not, I, but I've heard of them. How did that go? Did that go well in your favor? 
Uh, it was like one of those things where I was like, I was just pissed off and had no outlet for it. Like, I guess I could have gone back to the store, but I was already home and the apples I had bought were mostly shitty. Uh, yeah. So I tweeted like, wow, thanks a lot, Harris Teeters. I don't know. I had some real cool zinger in there, which we can go back and check the tape on. But I was just like, yeah, check out these awful apples. And they're like, oh, you can bring them back to our customer care center. I'm like, I'm not going to fish my apples out of the trash just to get like a dollar fifty back. So I'm not really sure what I'm trying to accomplish here. Uh, yeah, it's like it, produce is sort of a interesting, you know, like how many times have I gone and gotten an avocado that like was too far gone, you know, dude, don't get me started on avocados. I, you know, I'm cursed. I don't, I can't get a good avocado. So I'm pretty good at, I'm pretty good at picking them out. And I will say that the trick, the trick that I know, maybe you guys have heard of this, but you know, like the little, the part that's attached, like where the stem is, like the little nub that's still on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you were to peel, if you peel that nub off, underneath will show you like sort of how ripe it is on the inside so if you if you sort of pop that nub off and it's green underneath that's a good sign that it is like a nice ripe avocado Hmm. but i will say that the problem with today there are many problems with today right but one of them is like you can't be touching you shouldn't be should you be touching a bunch of produce you know what i mean it's not to me it's like like, it doesn't carry the virus doesn't carry on that yeah, you could. Yeah, well, I'm gonna you sue know, your ass when I get this. Like, so that's like that's the thing. Like, there's too many. I feel like it is. Rude. It's rude to do that to like touch six avocados in the day and age that we're living in. And whether yeah. or not it carries the virus, it makes me feel uncomfortable when I, like, am like. You know, you got to look at all the onions before you touch one, because if you touch fucking touch the wrong one, someone's looking at you. And like, I don't want to be the asshole like Justin that goes down the aisle the wrong way. I don't follow the aisle arrows. Oh, my God, guys. Listen, there's the not store enough people. Is the, yeah, right. Oh, Boom. I was in a busy stop and shop today and a lot of people were going down the aisles the wrong way. And I I'll look at I very passive aggressively look at the arrow, look at them. I did it. One time I did it to a guy back and forth three times, and he went, oh, I'm going down the aisle the wrong way. And I was like, yeah, I guess I won there, but I'm still a fucking idiot, you know, for even. And Justin apologized after. (laughs) Yeah, Justin said sorry. He called me. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean. I I go first thing in the morning. Yeah, I've not been where it's so busy where it's like that. And all these, just all these limits of people going in. I don't have to worry about it. It's great. Mm. Lying outside, but moves fast. And Aldi's is the freaking best. I just love it. Yeah, well, try to get a sponsor by Aldi because you won't shut up about <laughs> it. That's okay. Um, what's I going to say now? Uh, I don't remember now. But Oh, I, I once returned a, a box of cereal for some reason, but I don't remember oh. why. And they... Uh, is there no toy at the bottom? <laughs> <laughs> I Something about, like, my mom was, like, upset that she bought, like, two boxes of the same thing or something. And mm. like... So it wasn't your idea. Your mom directed you to do it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Justin, there's entirely too much honeycomb in the house. You need to take this box back. There, it's there taking up too much pantry room. wrong with the, the box of cereal. I don't know. Oh, oh, I know what it was. I, and I, I, okay. I do remember what this was. And I, could, and I couldn't believe my mom did this. It blew my mind. So she bought a box of cereal, and it was already expired. Mm. And she brought nice. it back. And I was like... You, you, That's a power move. You brought the cereal back? How do they know you just didn't have the box for a long time? 
Right. Customer's well, always right. Yeah, I, I was like, but that could have been any box. Like, I, I like, I couldn't comprehend that the store would take. And like, that's when Justin discovered a loophole in the system, and that's how he's made his fortune. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, what do you guys think? Does cream soda uh, hold up for you? Oh man, I did not enjoy this experience. I was expecting to be reminded of, you know, CHS cafeterias hanging out with the crew. You know, is that when you drank it? Uh, yeah. after high school i drank it hanging out with you guys oh. um you know hoping to be taken back to those halcyon days not the case at all this is repulsive and i will not be <laughs> drinking it <laughs> yeah. and, and so you cracked it and you smelt it did you get a whiff of like wow i'm really excited or like move rough no i mean i think it's like you know, rose tinted glasses. Like when I thought prior yeah. to this event, I thought of cream soda as like, oh yeah, that was the drink of my teenage years, you know, cream soda, Hawaiian punch and the dark cherry one or whatever. But I was a, I was a simpler boy back then with simpler tastes. Yep. So Justin, you love it. Don't you? Uh, I, I like it, but I, I, I like feel my jaw hurting now and I don't want to. <laughs> I seriously just, I've only gone down to like, you know, where it starts to like widen out. Wow. And That's I restraint. Not, I'm not, I, I can't, I really, I can't do it. I'm just um, past the widening. It tastes exactly like I remember though. I will give oh, you that. Okay. It, it, I don't, I don't have like, I do feel soda. I do like taste soda differently, but it generally tastes exactly like I remember. It's a good um, memory. Yeah. Well, Great beginning and big gulps. Root, well, big gulps, huh? Yeah, cream soda. Not a not a great review for cream soda this episode. But small soldiers, I would say, go back and watch. Um, you know, John, have a cream soda. While you thank watch you it. so much. I, this was a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, it was great to be here. Appreciate it. Yeah, this is uh, like they're two such like. They seem like very quintessential, like childhood things to me. Small Soldiers really sticks out, I think, because of all the marketing. And cream soda is such like a kids' drink, you know, like kids adults. pretending to be adults. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Oh, look, it's it sort of looks like beer. All of the best beers that look just like this. You know? <laughs> yeah, either that um, or batches. old men. Old men love yeah. it. Sure. Yeah. But hey, old excuse me, old men that listen to the podcast, just drink sarsaparilla instead. I'm sure it's better, <laughs> better for you. And I don't really know what sarsaparilla is, but I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, so uh, you can check us out on Patreon. We are at the Hold Up Podcast on there, and then we are all over social media at the Hold Up Cast on Twitter and at the Hold Up Podcast everywhere else. Justin, what else do we have? We have a Patreon. Yeah, check I said that, that out. Yeah, oh, cool though. I got nothing. I think that's everything. Oh, and our phone number four zero one two three six five one seven zero. Leave us a voicemail. Uh, John Scabini, thank you so much. The floor is yours if you would like to tell our listeners about anything or, you know, uh, plug whatever. Do I have anything to plug? Yeah, do you have anything to plug? Do you want people to follow you on Twitter? I, oh, I, I really enjoy your Twitter, but plug it if you want. Oh, sure, yeah. Give me, give, me the, uh, give me the faves and the retweets. I am at the number 5, O-R, 50, 5, 0, 5 or 50. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have your page up right now in front of me. I'm trying to find those. Is it Harris Tweeter? Is that, is that <laughs> Harris Teeter? Yeah, Harris. You'll have to go back uh, into the archives, but I'll help All you right, out later. Okay, perfect. I can't wait to see that because I too love to tweet at a company 
and see where I can get, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. What? Do you, yes, Justin? I, I'm remembering um, you tweeting at a professional baseball player once and that still being one of the funniest things. Like, I'm proud to know you because of that interaction. So Because of that, only that one thing? That's no. why you're proud to know me? There's, a, wow. there's many, but that one is up wow. there. Thank you. Yes. Uh, one of my prouder moments for sure. Recently um, indicted on criminal charges. So guess who is better off? <laughs> me, not him. <laughs> um, okay, John, thank you so much. All right. My pleasure. Later. Bye. Bye. Decaf left, regular right. Decaf left, regular right. It's very challenging work. 